Dad on Money is presented by the Small Business Financial Advisors. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Dad on Money. I'm your host, Stephen Williams, and I'm co-hosted by a rotating cast of my children, each with their own financial goals and situations. Today, I am joined by Jerrica. Say hi, Jerrica. Hi, I'm Jerrica. I'm a college graduate, and currently, I am a stay-at-home mom. Today, we are talking about how to get started with investing. Hey guys, Stephen here, just popping in to remind you that Dad on Money is brought to you by the Small Business Accountants and Small Business Financial Advisors. For all your accounting and financial advising needs, our small business is here to help you. Come and get your personal taxes done and put that refund to good use. My husband and I just recently started investing in the U.S. stock market and holy cow, we wish we had done that sooner. So today we are talking about when, where, why, and how to invest your hard-earned money so that it becomes not so hard-earned money. Well, that's great that you guys have started investing in the stock market. And yeah, there's some, some really good topics here that we can discuss on where, why, and how to invest your hard-earned money so that it isn't so hard. Yeah, it's a lot easier to make money when it's not on an hourly basis, but instead you're on the right side of the interest train, right? Um, instead of paying interest, you are making that interest. So let's jump right in. Um, my first question is, what investment options are there for young Canadians? Well, that's a three-hour conversation. But simply, there there's a few different ways to do it. You can have a um, brokerage account so that you can invest in individual stocks. You can have a mutual fund account um, to invest in mutual funds or even a segregated fund account to invest in uh, segregated funds, which are within um, insurance companies. That's who provides uh, the information for segregated funds or the ability to invest in segregated funds. The... um, Everything, whatever you can, you can use... Um, any of those platforms to invest in a tax-free savings account or an RRSP or just save money and earn. Um, There's also, you know, you can mine Bitcoin or you can invest in Bitcoin and watch that go up and down, you know, by tens of of thousands of dollars a day, uh, depending on the day. Um, You can invest in real estate. Uh, You can buy houses and flip houses by renovating them and putting in some blood, sweat, and tears in there. Hopefully not too much blood. There's um, GICs that you can invest in. Not really a great thing, especially if you're young, only because it's guaranteed to never go down. However, the rates that you get as a return aren't or generally don't beat inflation. So you know, you'd kind of want to maybe avoid those until you're 90. But um, otherwise, you know, and everything else out there, there's just tons to invest in. Like, you know, yeah, buy a house, rent it out, buy a house for yourself and rent out a basement, you know, whatever, whatever it is, there's, there's tons of ways to be able to, to uh, earn money on what you're investing in. Okay, so let's talk about, um, some of those. <laughs> Let's go for some of those. What would you say would be um, 
I mean, there's this, there's the term higher risk, higher reward. And I feel like right now a lot of things are high risk or they're just really difficult to get into. Like the housing market is a joke right now, um, especially in places like Vancouver and Toronto and Quebec apparently is really, really bad. Um, and so there are just like things like buying real estate is extremely difficult right now as a first time investor. So as a first time investor, what, um, you know, what is something that is higher, maybe higher risk, right? Like you were saying, um, what was it? G G R C or G I C guaranteed investment certificate. Yeah, so a GIC, you were saying that it is like not really high risk, and so you're not, it's not actually growing very much, right? right. It's zero risk. Okay. To be fair, there is no risk in that, and that's why you don't get much of a return. So, what's like, what's something that would be kind of a comfortable risk range for young people to be investing in that would be practical in the year of 2021? Well, it depends on what they're investing for, right? Like we've previously talked about an emergency fund. You don't necessarily want your emergency fund in high-risk investments just because when you need it and the markets are down, well, what's going to happen, right? Mm -hmm. Now you don't have those funds or as much funds there that you thought you had. So you want to make sure you want to temper your investment with what you are planning to use it for. So if you're saving up, say, for your first home, well, you don't want it to be all over the place. However, you do want it to grow. So maybe you want to take take a little bit of it and, um, and just put it into some low risk, some medium risk, and maybe some high risk even, just to, you know, get a good kick at it to get it going. Um, now keeping in mind that tomorrow when you invest in high risk tomorrow, it could go down 80%, right? You just don't know. It just depends on who says what and you know, what kind of hits the social media and then everybody goes crazy and starts selling something off and you're left holding the bag. So you want to make sure that you're, you're not putting yourself at too much risk either. And you have to be aware of those things. You don't want to just kind of jump into buying a stock because, you know, four of your friends have bought the stock six months ago and they say, oh yeah, this is making so much money. And then all of a sudden you buy in and it tanks. Well, for them, they already made their money. For you, you bought in when it was high and now it's tanked. So now who's left holding the bag? You are. So really a lot of the times, especially with social media, if you've heard it on the media, it's too late whether it's a good buy or a bad buy or whatever it is, it's too late. You know, you got to get into that stock before it hits the media of like say good or get out of it before it, you know, starts going down when it, when the media is reporting, Oh yeah, world's coming to an end. So you want to get out of that. (laughs) Um, Right. Or you want to just stay in it. And if you have more money buy in that dip, and then, right, like I... Oh, totally. You know, what? what's the old adage? Buy low, sell high. Yeah, right. right. But, but I do feel like stocks are more of a long-term investment than a 
uh, like day to day. Unless you're a day trader, which is a full-time job, um, I think stock investing is generally like years worth, you know. Um, my husband and I always joke about like how, man, if we had put $5 into Bitcoin when we got married, if that was like a wedding present of $5 in Bitcoin, we would have so much money now. Right. And it's, because it's over time, right? And if we had said, oh, well, it's not really increasing at all. It's not, you know, doing anything over the span of three years and we pulled out, then we missed out on that whole growth that has happened over the last year. Yeah, and so exactly. It does really depend on the stock. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like if you're hearing about it on the news, it's already too late. Yeah. So I'll give you a situation. And this is revolving Bitcoin because I have a lot of people ask me about Bitcoin and I'm like, well, there is nothing when it comes to Bitcoin. It's just whatever somebody's willing to pay for it. Like there's nothing that backs it up. No gold, no nothing. It's just Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you want to invest in that, go right ahead. But, you know, if, if Bitcoin is worthless there is nothing that you can use with it, right? Like it's just worthless. So I had a friend that uh, did his taxes two weeks ago and he said, oh, you know, do I have to pay my taxes by April 30th? Because I really don't want to pay my taxes by April 30th because I've like almost doubled my money in the last two months on Bitcoin. And it's probably just going to keep going up and up and up. And I'm like, well, that's fine. If you don't want to pay your taxes for April 30th, you don't have to. They'll just charge you interest like the government charges 5%. And he's like, oh, that's okay. If I'm making 40% on Bitcoin, I'll take the 5% hit. And it's like, yeah, makes sense. But who knows where it's going to go? And so where is it down? Where is it now, right? It's down 10 grand per Bitcoin from when we had the conversation. So now he's like, oh, yeah, this yeah it plummeted. Right. Because, yep. you know, if Elon Musk decides to sell all of his Bitcoin, because now he's made a crap ton of money and he sells out, who's left holding the bag? Because everybody else is Bitcoin is now going to go back down to, you know, $20,000 or less. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, well, and I think um, one thing with Bitcoin, like, so we have a very small amount of Bitcoin relative to Elon Musk. <laughs> but one thing with it is that you can mine it. And so if you're, if you have a graphics card that can mine Bitcoin, then it's basically free money. Like we have made in the last three months that we've been doing it, we've made $600 even with the dip nice. that it has recently done, right? And so it's like, the graphics card that we bought in order to mine is paid off. See, and it works awesome when you're in a rental situation and your utilities are covered because then the extra utilities that you're using to mine that Bitcoin, mm -hmm. you don't have to pay for. So that works out pretty good. Yeah, and that is one thing too that you want to be careful with if you're thinking about mining is like <laughs> how much do the utilities cost? Because for us, we, we do pay our electric. We're renting, but we pay our electrical bill. And so it is an extra cost every month. Hopefully you've made more than six or it hasn't costed you more than six. Exactly. Right. So it is 
it depends on your area and your card. So you'll want to look that up and uh, do the math. Yes. Before before going, you invest in a graphics card, that is really hard to find, and you'll be overpaying for it right now. So, yeah, definitely do the math before you jump in. So going back to you know the other stuff, if you're just yeah. starting out, one have a plan in mind, right? So you want to make sure that you know if you're saving for a house or an emergency fund or whatever it is, you want to put your money or invest your money into something that's you know, within your tolerance level. Like if you've got some extra cash that you're like, I really don't care if this $100 burnt up or whatever, because that just means I won't eat for two weeks. That's up to you. And so if you put a hundred bucks into Bitcoin or into a stock or into something else, then go right ahead and we can, you know, you can do that. But you do need to keep in mind that like I'll have clients that'll invest a little bit in high risk and invest, you know, say a little bit into low risk and the rest into a medium risk type investments just so that they can earn lots if, if you know, if it just works out that way on the high risk, earn a decent amount on the medium risk, but still have their safety in the low risk, right? Because you right. don't know what's going to happen right. tomorrow. So depending on how much you have to invest, you know, really is is up to you. And so for somebody that wants to do 25 bucks a month because in five years they want to save for a house, then I would go medium risk, honestly, because that's five years down the road. Yeah, there might be a dip in there. But if you're putting in 25 bucks a month, you're going to continually get that um flow into there so when it's low like if there is a dip like the covid crash a year ago then you're gonna buy put that 25 bucks in when it's cheap and as it goes up yeah you're paying more expensive as you put that 25 dollars in but it just keeps compounding there so it's a good thing so just just be aware of what your tolerance is because i've got some clients that their tolerance is zero they're really happy when the markets are going up but as soon as there's like a disturbance, they panic. And so you really have to be aware of what's going on. And this is for investments that they, they can't even touch because they're locked in for like 30 years and yet they're panicking. And so, you know, and because they've done that, like in the last year, they've missed out on like 40% growth. And it's like, well, can't really do anything about that. You, you know, you just kind of have to, you know that the markets are going to go up and down you know Bitcoin's going to go up and down. Where's your threshold, right? When do you cash out of Bitcoin? You know, do you cash out of Bitcoin when it's $20,000? Or do you cash out when it's $80,000? Or do you just let it sit forever? Or do you just let it sit? But if you bought in at 20000 and it went up to eighty, do you cash out and get at least your 20000 back? Most people don't because they go, why would I cash out? I'm making money on this. It's because at some point in time, it's going to go down. Right. But like you said, if you have your emergency fund outside of that, right, we're not investing our emergency funds into a high risk account. And so if you have your emergencies fund outside of that, you can let that cash just sit there. Right. Like you don't have to sell it next week. Oh, for sure. If that's money that you're really 
not concerned about or that's for retirement or whatever the case might be, if it's long-term savings, who cares? Let it ride. As long as you've got your day-to-day needs met. Don't be, you know, don't be investing into Bitcoin because you need a thousand bucks of rent for next month and you put a hundred bucks into Bitcoin. Don't do it. That's bad. That's a bad idea. Stop it. <laughs> Maybe because there are also other ways to increase your income other than investing. And we can talk about that on another episode, but that's probably the smarter way to do it is finding a different way to increase your income um, outside of investing if you need money for rent. Hey guys, Stephen here, just popping in to remind you that Dad on Money is brought to you by the Small Business Accountants and Small Business Financial Advisors. For all your accounting and financial advising needs, our small business is here to help you. Come and get your personal taxes done and put that refund to good use. So my next question is, um, now that we kind of have some of the options for investing and we've talked about stocks and different things, um, my question is, when should we start investing? Is the answer going to be different for different methods of investing? Um, Is there maybe one method in particular that is best to start sooner than others? Really, it's just start saving, period. And whatever you're saving, invest it. Um, Because it can be invested in something low risk. Now, keep in mind, Bitcoin and individual stocks are not low risk. Those are high risk investments. Like those are the highest risk investments. So don't, you know, if you think that, ooh, I'm going to buy into Air Canada. Yeah, it could be a good buy. Who knows? But it's a high risk investment because you don't know where that's going to go tomorrow or the next day. There are lower risk options, whether in segregated funds or mutual funds that you can get into or even a, you know, heaven forbid, just a high interest savings account um, that'll get you, you know, maybe 2%. So you'll still be less than inflation. So you're really losing money year over year, but your money's safe. So anyway, so, you know, really a low risk investment if you're going to start out. Uh, But again, it just depends on what the reason is for that investment, whether it's for Uh, saving for a house, saving for an emergency fund, whatever it is. So you really need to understand what your goals are and then invest accordingly. So I, you know, so a lot of it's going to be on a case by case basis, but generally for young people who aren't making more than a hundred grand a year, put money into a tax-free savings account, whatever it is, 25 bucks a month, a week, whatever, whatever you can afford. Um, you know, look at your budget, see what you can do to save that kind of money. Like really it should be at least 10% of whatever you're taking home, but whatever, just start with whatever to start saving. And, you know, as you get comfortable with investing, maybe you start out in low risk and as you get comfortable, maybe you want to go to medium risk and then later you want to go to a high risk for some of it. So a lot of places won't even let you do 100% high risk just because there's so many regulations around that that it, it just gets a little crazy. So, you know, temper your investments. And just because your friend made 100% on their investment 
doesn't mean that you're going to. I'm actually doing a kind of like a case study between my wife and I. We, we put money into our RSPs um, every month, but on different days. She puts it in on the 7th and I put it in on the 21st. And sometimes my, and we invest in the exact same thing. So keep in mind, it's the exact same um, mutual fund that we're in. And sometimes she's up and keep in mind, she's also in two weeks earlier than I am on mine. Sometimes she's up, sometimes I'm up in our growth on our, our investments. And so a lot does have to do with the day. And, you know, if people get paid on Fridays, generally, like whether it's every second Friday, because if you're getting paid every second Friday, there's probably another 25% of people that are getting paid on the opposite Fridays. And then there's probably another 25% that get paid on the 15th and 31st, right? And then there's another 25% that get paid on random days. Mm, right. So, you know... When do most people get paid? And if they have money coming out or most people say, oh, have this money go into my TFSA when I get paid, which is every second Friday. So what happens when money goes into the market? Markets go up, right? So maybe pick a different day than Friday. Pick a Monday, because who likes to put money in on a Monday? Nobody, because it's a Monday, right? So just pick a different day or just pick a random day in the month that's not the 15th and 31st or even the 20th because I've got a lot of clients that do the 20th because that's when they get their Canada Child Benefit check. And so pick a different day. Pick the 19th because you know on the 20th a whole bunch of money is going in. Or pick the 14th because you know on the 15th a whole bunch of money is going in. Mm. Right? Like we do the 7th and 21st. So sometimes it lands on a Friday, whatever. But it's random, right? Each month is random. So who cares? Just pick a day, not every other Friday, ideally. For some people, they just have to, and that's fine. But, you know, if I could open up 31 accounts for, and put in like 25 bucks into each account every single day to see what the growth is based on if you put money in on the first or the second or the third or the fourth of each month, that'd be a fun thing to find out. But it's not feasible for me to be able to do that. But it would be interesting. But I'm pretty sure that, you know, if you're investing every Friday, you're probably not winning as much as the person that's investing on every Tuesday. Okay, so start pretty safe, basically, is what I'm getting. Start relatively safe and then work your way up. Yeah, exactly. Just let it go and, and, you know, just save. That's really all you need to do is just save. And talk to a financial advisor. You know, see what their viewpoints are. If you've got a financial advisor that is a super excited, high-risk type of individual, and you're coming in going, oh, I just want to put this into a low-risk whatever, then you're probably not the right fit. So if you meet with that individual and it's just not feeling right because they're that high risk guy and you're the low risk person, then maybe go chat with somebody else. Find somebody else to uh, do your investments with because they may want to pressure you into something higher risk that you're not comfortable with. So, you know, always keep those things in mind as well.
Okay, so after this episode, what would you say is the first thing that listeners can do to start investing in their future? Look at their budget. Start seeing where they can save at least 10%. If it can't be 10%, at least 25 bucks, whatever that is, a week, a month. You know, if you go to Tim Hortons every single day for, you know, whatever your fix might be for those little Timbits or a coffee or whatever, you know, maybe cut that in half and use that money and save it. You know, even just doing taxes for people this year, you know, went through with, with a client that said, hey, you can save $20,000 by pushing this RSP deduction to next year because your income is going to be much higher next year because they already know that because they already got paid out of severance to next year. And so instead of getting a $30,000 tax refund, you're only going to get a $10,000 tax refund. Guess what the client said? We've already spent the money for like in the next month. So we need that money. So one, don't spend money before you got it in your pocket. I don't care if you think that you're going to have a huge tax refund. I had another client that they've got a kid getting married in the fall and they were like, why isn't the tax refund as high as it has normally been? So went through all this stuff and found out that they actually have been getting more money because they did things differently with their employer so that the employer wasn't taking off as much taxes so that they had more money on their, you know, day-to-day paychecks so that lessened their tax refund at the end of the year, which is a good thing. You don't want a huge tax refund at the end of the year. You want your money now. So that money that you're getting now, start saving it. Save it. Mm-hmm. Start investing it instead of letting the government hold on to it. Exactly. So they were like, hey, if you defer this, um, you know, if we make this change up and you defer this for 2021 again, then you would save like 632 bucks on your taxes. But that means you're not going to get two grand this year. You'll get more next year. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, yeah, we appreciate saving the 600 bucks, but we need the two grand now. Mm-hmm. And it's like, really? Really? So the government wins. The government wins because we don't plan properly. So the government loves that we don't plan. Do you think the government wants us to plan? No. Nope. Of course not. Because they want us to pay as much taxes as possible because we want that tax refund right now. And we need to get over that and get past that. Anyway, I am digressing. So regardless, save. Save money regularly, whatever it is. 25 bucks, at least 10% if you can. Just save it, invest it, work with somebody that you trust. We're happy, happy to help people. Um, you know, just, just save and don't spend the money until it's actually in your pocket. Okay. <laughs> right. So thank you so much for answering all those questions for me. Um, I know it's kind of, it's an interesting time for especially the younger, like, 20s and 30s to be investing, um, especially if you're starting out your first job. That's hard enough as it is right now. And um, so thank you for answering some of those questions. And I think the major takeaway from this is to just save, period. Whatever 
you're putting it in, make sure that you have your emergency account or make sure that you have your emergency fund like we talked about before. Um, Don't spend money you don't have. That is the key, I think, to every conversation that we have here on this podcast. And, um, And yeah, start investing as soon as possible, even... You know, you want to make sure that you're investing in the cool thing before it's cool, right? Like, hearing, you know, hearing Imagine Dragons before they're cool, like, you want to do that with stocks, right? (laughs) Exactly. But to be able to do that with stocks is pretty difficult. Yeah. So just, you know what? You just got to start out small, work into it. And when you've got some extra cash, hooray, you know? then you could do something a little more exciting, like investing in Bitcoin or whatever, right? But if you need to put food on your table, you really can't be investing in high-risk stuff. Thanks for listening to Dad on Money. I'm Stephen Williams, and you can find me at smallbusinessaccountants.ca. And I'm Jerrica, and you can find me on Instagram at shehasname too. Dad on Money is produced by Mecco Radio. Of course, we are sponsored by the Small Business Accountants and the Small Business Financial Advisors. The music we use is by Ian Post. And this episode was edited by myself, Alex Williams, and it was hosted by my sister, Jerrica Dennison, and my dad, Stephen Williams. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week. Mecco.